0: Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel and I'm back with another amazing story about New York City. But first, our big announcement. We told you about it last week and I'm here to let you know that They Had Fun will now be offering curated day planning in NYC. What is curated day planning in NYC, you might ask? I'm so glad you asked. Let me give you my little elevator pitch. Whether you're visiting for the first time or have lived here for years, let us create a hyper-curated New York City day for you with all new stops along the way. So anyways, here's here's the reality. Here's how it's going to work. Okay, I will send you a quick questionnaire and you'll let us know about your likes, your interests, your favorite foods, the way you like to get around, all of those things, and we will create a perfect day made just for you. And if you're thinking, Rachel, there's so much fucking content out there. Why would I pay you to do this for me? That's the problem. There's too much content and not everyone knows how to put it together. So how do you put it all together? And I'll tell you how. You let me do it for you, okay? For years, I have fielded text after text of like, hey, my neighbor's brother is coming to the city. Can I give him your number? Or emails that are from friends that are like, hey, my boss wants to have a birthday dinner at a cool place downtown and it needs to be kind of fancy but not too fancy and they need to have veggie options. Do you have any ideas? I'm just telling you this is what I know, this is what I love. I promise you, you will have fun. If you've ever enjoyed Rachel's Rex, this is the exact type of stuff we will be planning for you. I've been doing this for 16 years, and I love everything about this city, so you can trust me. Also, very importantly, this is not just for visitors, okay? This is for locals too. Maybe you have a date coming up that you want to impress. Maybe you've been sitting on the couch and watching Netflix and doing nothing new and want to go have some fun with your friend. This is for you. Maybe it's just impossible to keep up with all the different websites and lists and newsletters, and it is. Except for me, because I love doing this shit and I waste all of my time. So let me do it for you. I can help. So if any of this sounds interesting to you, you can check out our new fancy website. I'm very excited about it. It's called theyhadfun.com. Very easy to remember. And it'll be our new home for everything fun in New York. You can find our curated days. You can find our podcast. You can find free Rachel's Rex. It will all be there for you. And today we will have an Instagram post announcing all of this. So, if you go on there and you share it or you tag a friend that you wanna have fun with in the city, anything to let us know that you saw this, you will be entered for a chance to win one of our new curated days customized just for you. But let me clarify okay, I'm planning everything for you. I'm not paying for everything for you. You still have to get your own dinner. But you know what? Come to think of it, you know, I got the first round. The first round's on me. Why not? Like, I should cover the first round. So, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Tell your friends, family, neighbors, coworkers all about us and hopefully we can all have fun. I mean, I'm excited about it. Can you tell? Hopefully you'll be as excited as me. Okay, more importantly, on to my guest this week. Guys, we did it. We got him. I don't even have a word to describe how ecstatic I am. He is Mr. New York. He is a soon-to-be author. Most of all, he is a born and raised New Yorker and loves this city. You know him as Slutlust. High Love New York on Instagram. Please welcome to the show, OJ. what up Rachel thank you thank you I'm so glad you had your own hype moment there I'm worried I didn't have that ready for you
1: oh I mean uh if you're not your own biggest fan then um what are we doing here
0: what what can we start with what have you been up to what is going on
1: What can I say? What can I say? Oh, well, I'm no longer a resident of New York City. Okay. Like most the people with half a brain, I picked (laughs) up my tail and took my little family to upstate New York. So uh, now it's just me and my wife somewhere in um, Delaware County, sitting on 21 acres of pond and a riding lawnmower. This is where my life is now. I'm a really big fan of mowing.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. We, yeah. We've had a real 180 since we first met. Is it 180?
1: Because 180, I guess that would mean you turn back around. Or is it a complete 360 because I feel like I'm a totally different person? I don't know how that saying goes. <laughs> all I know is that um, I went from like writing Angry Misses and like tagging up all over the walls in New York City
0: to like selling antiques and writing little poems about them. If that's what's bringing you joy and that's what you need to do, then fucking do it. And you are. So like, that's great.
1: But I, I am going down to the city um, this weekend, so I have to pretend that I hate my life. So, like, yeah, upstate sucks. <laughs> it's terrible up here.
0: You still spend a good amount of time in the city, and you're still very. Much- oh
1: no, I don't. You know, I get the city like a weekend, and then after that, I'm like, yo, I can't see if I can have a two months. That's where I'm at <laughs> right now. Like every two months, I come and visit, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm good on that.
0: <laughs> you had a lifetime full of New York, so now you just get your little taste.
1: Yeah, but my complaints or whatever issues that I may have about New York City. Like uh, I always wonder when people like read on my High Love New York page, like where they think I'm coming from. You know, it's not like I'm annoyed with my city for all that it's become or for all of the social issues. And that's the reason why I need to stay out because, oh, you can't afford to rent or yada, yada, yada. No, it's because I have too much fucking fun. I have too much fun. I can't deal. It's not, I'm not a normal person. Like everybody knows me, you know, I don't have to pay for drinks at bars. You know, I'm skipping lines all over the place. It's exhausting as fuck. It's like, yeah, I do my two months of stay because it's like my uh, my rehab because I I do more in a night in New York City than some people do in a year.
0: You know what? I I really, really, really believe that and know that to be true. But I think that's great. It's good to have that realization. And just most importantly, that makes you the ideal guest for this show because you are absolutely wonderful at having fun. I know that for a fact.
1: I mean, you've probably been in the cab with me once. It's like, oh, we're going to go to eight nightclubs in one night. Who does this?
0: everyone's everyone's strapping right now, folks. What, what, what's the story going to be? That's what I'm excited for. Let's 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 move into the show. I'm not going to take up too much to, of your time because I so appreciate you being here. So my first question is always, OJ, when did you move to New York?
1: Long story short, I'm a first generation um, Dominican born in a Bronx, Lincoln Hospital. Hell yeah. We are from the country, from the Dominican Republic. You can call us Hicks if you want to. Uh, my mom, you know, when she met my dad, they hooked up. And um, she got pregnant, you know, he had an opinion and she said, keep the opinion. I'm going to go to Puerto Rico, then jump to New York. That's how I'm here. I guess I owe my entire existence to like, you know, my mom, you know, not wanting to put up with bullshit. She
0: sounds incredible.
1: Oh, she's, she's, she's definitely incredible. I mean, we moved here to New York. Well, I was born here in New York city, um, in 1975 in the Bronx and of And if you know anything about any New York history, it was basically a parking lot, a burnt, charred lot of, it was like the city was gone. Um, My mom didn't know any English. She couldn't really speak the language. There's like a story that she told me about like how she was like practically homeless like three weeks.
0: Oh, my what God. with me as a
1: baby. until uh, so she met a lady who's Dominican, who then introduced her to my brother and sister's father. And that's how we got our footing. Uh, my mom quickly got a job working for, like, one of the textile factories in Midtown Manhattan, back when, like, the fabric district was the fabric district. I can remember being really, really young, helping her, like, do like, the toggles on, like, polo coats and, like, make DKNY hats and, like, you know. Wow. She made all the accessories for, like, all these huge big name brand companies in new york city
0: wow that is so incredible i mean you are the american dream you're the american story you're the new york story i mean your mom coming here with nothing and just making it fucking happen depends on who you
1: ask because uh right now with her three kids and her five grandkids so far she's the only one that's going to college and graduated (laughs) so you know that could be all up in the air we can be our American nightmares All I know. <laughs>
0: no, absolutely not. Not going to college doesn't justify or make or validate the American dream. You are it. You got, I mean, the hardest city in the entire world, let alone the States, your family made it and did it and look at you and you're here. Like that's, I. it's wonderful.
1: From your lips to any, any job recruiters out there, but you're right. College is <laughs> not important. <laughs>
0: Okay, so, you know, my next question is always, why did you move to New York? We know the answer. It sounds like your mom was a badass is the answer. But maybe maybe you can tell us a bit more about your childhood in the Bronx. Like, did you like it? Was it great? Was it terrifying? To answer that question, I'll tell you why I stayed in New York. Okay, perfect.
1: This isn't the first time I've left the city. Back in 93, I went to college in Utica, New York. And back in 99, I moved to San Diego for a year. And every single time I told myself, like, yo, I'm going to leave and I'm never, never going to come back. But it's impossible. First and foremost, like I'm Hispanic, our family bonds are really, really tight. Second of all, you have your chosen family, which is your friends, the people on your block. When you grow up in these neighborhoods where like you don't have access to all of these resources and the money is not there, then we all become codependent on each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up back when it was like, you know, 15 dudes smoking a one blunt, you know? 25 people drinking (laughs) 140. And somehow we all got drunk, you know? (laughs) Now. At our age, whatever, if you gave me a beer and a blunt, whatever, it wouldn't even faze me. I'd laugh at it and push it aside. But back then, whatever, you know. <laughs> of course, I'm, like, saying, like, weed and, like, booze. But, but we're, we become codependent for a lot of other things, most importantly for safety. Because, you know, I grew up in a pretty violent era in New York City. We used to have to fight to protect the little strings of the Jam sport book bag. Like, have you ever seen the Jam sport book bag? Yes. Yo, you, you can find the Jansport book bag right now in like a Salvation Army. They can't give those book bags away. No one cares about <laughs> them. Back in like 90, in 1990, that book bag used to come out and it used to, in different colors and they used to have like a little strap and kids used to fight and stab each other for those straps. Oh my God. Ask anyone from like Myra in New York, they'll tell you, like, bring up the Jansport book bag. they like, oh yeah, that's, that was insane. Like, so like you knew... <laughs> Who the bully was if you saw a kid who had a book bag that had like ninety-five of those things tied up to one, <laughs> oh yeah, that guy's he's beating the shit out of everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh at that, but no,
1: even better, like even before that, it was like lotto sneakers. Lotto sneakers came out. If you ever owned a the pair, they had their little logo, but it was on Velcro, you can like rip it off. And that became a thing where like people would, like fight to rip those off and like snatch your Lee patches. Cause there was a rumor that if you handed in a bunch of lee patches to like Macy, they gave you a free pair of new balances. So like <laughs> kids were getting the back of their pants ripped off. And it was like, oh man. <laughs> For me, my New York City, like, I didn't have that exposure to, like, arts and culture and all that cool downtown stuff that people, when they um, reminisce and be and are nostalgic of New York, they talk about Basquiat and Debbie Harry. Nah, fuck that shit. We ain't have none of that (laughs) stuff, whatever. I think I might have had, like, WBLS. They gave us Busy B-Rapping. And, you know, and the whole thing was sponsored by the pimp that lived up the block. Who used to always (laughs) hit my mom. That was my New York. And it was, crack was out. It was a dangerous time. It was scary. But at the same time, whatever, it felt really, really safe because the family that you choose and the family that you have, they, they become your network. They become your comfort zone. When you have people like that behind you, you know, when you have nothing, that means you basically can attain anything or everything because that's nothing but infinite possibilities that are out there for you. Right. And so for us not having anything, whatever we had, everything because we had each
0: other. I don't want to be one of those people who, you know, wax poetically about nostalgia of the old days and all of these things. But there is something beautiful to that, to this idea of you're saying like, listen, I straight up had nothing, but something about all of these people in this community meant a lot. And I felt safe and I had something like, I don't have any idea what that felt like. That's not how I grew up, but I still think it's beautiful the way you're putting it. And I and I really understand what you mean.
1: Put it like this back then, whatever, if something happened to me, I can just go to my block. "Hey, hey! <laughs> 20 people come out, whatever, and nothing, I mean, this is like, you know, ghetto Braveheart, like nothing feels better, <laughs> and it's like people, they hold you down, and for all the reasons, all the that I was like, yo, this is why I have to get out, those were the same things that kept me back because it, it, it was home, there was a warmth in there, there was a certain level of uh, camaraderie, yeah. you know, the generosity was unparalleled, because, you know, we all had nothing, So because we had nothing, we had each other. And because we had each other, we had everything.
0: Wow. Beautiful. So well put. Eloquent. I know for certain we're going to have a good one on our hands. So we've reached my most important question of the show, which is, OJ, what is the most fun you've ever had in New York?
1: If I had to reminisce in terms of honestly, in like nightlife, my greatest night out was Always at the Beatrice Inn. Ooh. Now, for those that don't know, the Beatrice Inn was this tiny little club that opened up right around the corner from Corner Bistro in um, the West Village. and It was like this ultra, ultra, ultra exclusive lounge.
0: Yeah, I never got in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was the thing.
0: Yes, totally.
1: Fun fact, it took me about seven different nights of me going there before they let me in. (laughs) And on the eighth night, they left me in. When they did let me in, I understood why immediately. First, it's like a tiny little like lounge, like it has like a lounge area with a bar, like a private dining room sitting to your right. And then straight ahead, you go up and it's like a weird, like little tiny dance room with like a uh, sort of like bleacher chairs on the side. It was, um, the setup of it was pretty weird. And then there was a DJ booth that had a huge American flag in the back of it. I believe Todd was one of the promoters there. Mike Nouveau DJed there a lot. Wow. And uh, Julio, who is like still a doorman, legendary doorman in New York city. He was doing the door there. And um, you know, I don't think he ever liked me.
0: Why do you think he didn't like you?
1: Well, because uh, he, he knew exactly what I was doing. I wouldn't like okay. liked myself neither.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm following.
1: Yeah. Also, I was one of those dudes that, like, you know, like, if you let me in the door or whatever, I'm bringing in all my graffiti goons with me. Mm-hmm. So I I walk in. Immediately, I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. Everybody looks chic. Um, just imagine, like, if, like, the role and um vintage opening ceremony had like a big party and everybody was like kind of dressed
0: like that you're painting the picture so perfectly like I can just see it I've actually seen pictures of the Beatrice and I've never been in so just like I can see the whole thing and just probably how fucking cool it felt being in there
1: I would walk in I would usually go by myself usually if I brought somebody they would and let the person in so like you know when I finally got in I went in by myself I made sure to keep two blunts on me and I had like <laughs> and then I go to the back and I sit up there. I see my friend, the Reza, the Arab parrot. He's there. So I'm like, I'm talking to him now. And then I roll <laughs> up a blunt and then a girl taps me. She's like, yo, can I smoke? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. And then I look and it's like, actually Olsen. No, and no,
0: no, no. Shit,
1: you not. Shit, you not.
0: Oh my God. You know that I, I love them.
1: Yeah. So yeah. they were there. Um... This is like two thousand eight, where like New York girls are still wearing like questionable gold uh, patent high heels with okay. the flare <laughs> jeans and the weird blouses with the weird funny belts. Yes. It was that era. So like she, she texted me and she's like, yo, can I can I hit that? And of course, you know, like I'm like, oh, okay. It's the old situation. So I pass her the blunt and then she's smoking, blah, blah, blah. Of course, because she's a celebrity, she's amped and she decides to like walk off with my blunt. Because I'm a New York <laughs> nigga. I'm like, yo, hold up, hold up, hold up. I give it a little tap back. She's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so now I get my blunt back. And then uh, i the brother, looks at me, and we're laughing about this. And then, you know, for some reason, Nouveau plays like a salsa song. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're, we're dancing salsa now. So I grab a girl because I'm stoned and drunk by now. And I start doing twirls and like little dips and stuff like that. When I dip and I bring her back up, whatever, it's uh, Christian Dunce.
0: <laughs> Wait, Kirsten Dunce.
1: Kirsten Dunce. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. You have
1: a huge crush on, you know. <laughs> I like, oh, my God.
0: Dreams coming true. You don't even know it. You're dancing don't with your know. crush. Don't
1: even uh-huh. So, you know, of course, I you know, I do the smooth, you know, poppy shampoo, you know, let her go, <laughs> keep it moving, like, yeah. But, of course, I'm nervous, so I go to the bathroom. The Beatrice Inn had two bathrooms, one that was, like, in between the bar and the first lounge and the other one that was hidden behind the bar. The one that I was at was the one that had, like, a, like a small couch in it, a table. It was a huge. The bathroom was almost like a living room.
0: That was in the bathroom? Yeah. Wow, okay.
1: And because the bathroom was a living room, People lived in it, if you know what I mean. Yes, So, like, yes. I finally get up to the, to the line, whatever, and this dude just comes at me. He's like, yo, my brother, listen, I promise I don't have to do any cocaine, I swear. I just really, really need to use the bathroom. Can you just please let me go? And I look at him. I'm like, all right, cool. And it's like, Justin Long? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you remember the, the, the commercials? I'm a Mac, and I'm a PC, that guy.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, oh,
1: oh, all right, cool.
0: So many names. Already, I love it. Okay. <laughs> so I,
1: I I let him go and then I go in afterward, and then I go out to the lounge. Cause remember, like I'm in the spot by myself. I really don't know no one, but yeah, I'm having a great time. If you know me, know me, you know that like I'm sort of like I'm really, really shy. Aww. So like, you know, I'm sitting there by myself whatever and then um this girl that I knew uh who lives on Jane Street and she's like, Hey, Uh, Why don't you um, come by the house, whatever? I'm like, oh, all right, cool. This night is turning out to be awesome. So (laughs) I put my phone on, and then right when I look up to get ready to go, it's Lindsay Lohan at the door arguing with Samantha Ronson. Oh,
0: my God. That was
1: back when they dated. Yeah. And so they're arguing at the door. And so I'm like, oh. This is really cool. Another one of my crush, so I had to like, you know, be on. So, part pardon me, excuse me. I'm on the way out while they're yelling at each other.
0: <laughs> this is such a specific time when, like, Lindsay Lohan was like going out to the clubs in New York. Oh my gosh,
1: dude. So, like, I, you know, I wound up at my homegirl's house, and I'm sitting there, and when I recount the night, and she doesn't believe me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that really happened either. But yeah, it happened in the Beatrice Inn. (laughs) When I moved out of New York in 2009, I made sure that the last club I went to before I went to the airport was the Beatrice Inn. And what I did was I put my tag really big on the flag. And somebody has that flag. They have it as a keepsake but my name is right there. We have to find
0: out who has that flag. I know. I,
1: I would buy that flag. I would have that in my house. I was going
0: to say, you deserve to own that. I have heard all of these stories about the Beatrice. That, I mean, celebrities, models, like the whole kit. And to know that, that that is exactly what was happening. It was not an oversell. That was exactly it. I wish I could have gone. That would have been so fun. It was
1: definitely a period. And every time I went in there, I, I can't think of one time that I went in there that I had a bad time. It was always a, an amazing time for me. God. Other venues, pl- try to, like, to capitalize on what that was. But Mm -hmm. I don't think, like, Paul's Casablanca and a a few other venues, Avenue. And uh, it will never, ever, ever, ever be like that.
0: I wish I could have been there. I remember when that was, like, so cool. I wish I would have thought to drop your name to go there. I never did that. I can just see the whole thing, and it seriously sounds so fun. And it's not just fun in a niche way. It's literally in the way that, like, the whole entire country wished they could go to the Beatrice's.
1: That was a, that was something that was good for me, but I take more joy in the things that I did for like other people, like the parties I threw when I had my shop and I was throwing little tiny concerts in front. Like, you know, if you want to talk about like some real golden shit, like that would be my golden. But if you want to talk about like some real crazy, what's the best night you ever had in New York? Beatrice in
0: That speaks so much to you as a person of just like you also have all of these moments of caring for other people, everything you've done for the city, everything you've done with people who mean something to you like that is your heart. And I know that sincerely and obviously living proof of it right now, you being on the show. But yes, just in the general sense of having fun, I'm going to guess that the Beatrice Inn was a Absolutely incredible. And I love that story. And I love that just every step of the way you're like, oh, and no, I did this. And it was a celebrity. And then I did this. And, it, and then it just kept like popping up on you. I feel like so many other people would have been so ogling like the whole time and been like, oh my God. And like foaming at the mouth. And you're just like, oh, it just kept accidentally happening. And I think that's so cool.
1: I bit my lip the entire time. Yeah, I kept pinching myself and maintaining my composure. I, was, I numbed myself <laughs> for that experience.
0: I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm thinking maybe I should have you on like. Every, you know, seven episodes, I'm sure you've got a million stories you can share with everyone, but we have to ask the last and final question, which is knowing everything we know about you and the incredible person that you are. What is your favorite thing about New York City?
1: People like you.
0: (laughs) You have to give a different answer. I can't keep that.
1: (laughs) Why? Why not? Why not? Because in the end, I'm gonna always uh, when I look at my nostalgia of New York City. Besides the things that I created and or or, or partook in, I'm always gonna remember the history of like you know of uh, poverty, the segregation, the violence. That's always gonna be. But I have people like you that move to the city, and then you take all the things, the good things about it, and then the things that I don't even notice, and then you show me like, hey here's your city. This is also kind of dope. And, you know, for, for like someone like me who grew up with these blinders, you guys took those off and like opened my eyes up. Like, you know, I've always loved New York City, but I didn't fall in love with it until I met people like you and I swept through your eyes. So, yeah, you guys are.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm actually crying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone who's listening. It's such a a beautiful Uh, I need need my theme song, but it's such a beautiful answer because I think I'm not going to say anything about myself, but I will say in regards to what you're saying, I think there is something to be said for people who come here from somewhere else and haven't been so exposed to it their entire life that it really is so special. Like, you know, you don't grow up with all these things. You don't grow up with all these things around you and these people and these foods and the trash. I mean, it's not all good shit, but like you know, and and to see it through those eyes and and for that, I mean,
1: think about it. Like you know, like I you know, like I would walk by an empty lot and be like, "Yo, damn son, this crack is in there." You guys came through for that empty lot, say, "Yo." I'm going to build a community garden. Now I talk shit about community gardens all the time, but the (laughs) truth is that community garden was the fucking best thing that ever happened to us.
0: (laughs) Well, I never built a community garden. I never built a community garden. I just make a little rinky dink podcast. Thank you so, so, so much for being on the show and for all of your lovely, kind words and your incredible story, all of it. Thank
1: you. I'm honored that you, I'm honored that this even happened. So like, thank you. You are
0: crazy, but thanks. Okay. Well, most of all, thanks, New York. They had fun. Thank you. <laughs>